Hey everyone, we're back with the District 3 podcast, episode 175. My name is Edivine. And this is Elena. And today we're joined by a friend who I've actually known, I think, maybe like 10 years or 11 years, Luis Martinez. Luis, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Thank you, Irvin. Thank you for the invite. Thank you, Selene. Um, pues, what can I say? You know, just appreciate it for the opportunity to be here and, you know, to... To talk to you guys. I'm excited. And we were talking a little bit about titles. Mm-hmm. Um, we, um, I know you have a complicated relationship with titles mm-hmm. yourself. Um, you are currently a, a realtor, mm-hmm. but you're also now would would it be a certified yoga instructor? Yes. Uh, which I, w- I use the term yogi because uh, I've heard that before. I don't, really, I don't even know if that's a proper term to use, but um, we were talking about how titles can be can be complicated. Can you talk a little bit about what your what your like pr- um, what your perspective of that is? Because I know that I've been thinking about that recently as well. Yeah, I think it's just that we have been growing. That having a title makes you look more important. Mm. You know, gives you standards, gives you expectations. And that's one of the things that I've been trying to figure out and to understand why we put so much focus on titles. Mm-hmm. And especially me being in real estate and, you know, trying to learn to have a balance in life because we constantly thinking that you have to focus so much on your career, you know, like be in a specific like standards, like expectations on life. Mm-hmm. That you have to own a property. If you're in real estate, you have you have to know everything about investment. Mm-hmm. You know you have to make this amount of money. If you're married, you have to have kids at this time. Yeah, I know that. You one. know, um, and I know there's a lot of pressure. There's always these deadlines, timelines that it comes with a title with. Mm-hmm. You know, when are you gonna become a dad? When mm-hmm. are you gonna be? I think you start from there. You know, where are you gonna become mom? When are you gonna become a dad? Yeah. When are you gonna become a a teacher when are you going to become a, a lawyer you know like for me like being a real estate you know like it took me a time to understand and i have to understand in a hard way that it's not all about work mm-hmm. you know one of the things that um i recently spoke with Maida about mm-hmm. and she and she brought it up is how like, w- why do we have to, in order for us to respect someone mm-hmm. in the community or for, 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 for us to feel that someone is important mm-hmm. or powerful, like, why do they have to do all these different things in the community for, for us to have respect for them? Mm-hmm. So Maida was telling me this. She was, she was just, she was like, why, why do, for people to be asked to be on a board, mm-hmm. why do they have to do so much to be on that board? Mm-hmm. Why can't they just be good people? Yep. You know, and it really got me thinking. I was like, you know, that's right. You know, like, why why do we do, why do we put all these expectations on people and then the folks that don't do uh, as much, we see them as less, mm-hmm. you know? And I I include myself in that because I feel like a society has kind of made us that way. Mm-hmm. And going back to what Maida says, it's not okay. You should be, you should uh, not only judge, but, you know, give respect to someone just because of like who they are as individuals, what what they're, um, you know, the way that they treat people, that should be like the most important thing. Not how many years they've they've organized or how many other organizations they've been a part of. Yeah, um, yeah. And you know, since you mentioned that, I recently read this book called El Actor 
by uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called The Actor. And what is talked since you mentioned that, you know, we're creating this character based on the story that we create ourselves. Mm -hmm. And you're constantly in a play. You know, you're trying to create this character that everybody needs to know who you are. Mm -hmm. And you have to fit in. You have to be in that show. You have to be in that scene. You, know, you, need, to, you need to know the cues when you enter and when you get out. Yeah. You know, and I think we have grown with the idea that you have to do specific things for you to fit in. Mm -hmm. Probably I can go back to um, when I was younger, you know, when I was um, 18, 17 years old. Even when I moved to the United States, um, there was this expectation for me being an immigrant mm -hmm. that probably nobody told me to follow that, but that was what the ideal immigrant that will be acceptable, you know, needs to do. Have you, have you, now that you're older, have you rebelled against that? Oh, do you yes. think they, like, right now? Is there anything right now that you can think of that you're like, that you're doing that maybe 17 or 18 year old Luis uh, wouldn't think of doing? Be scared of doing? Yes. What is that? Actually, right now, it's more on the part to enjoy more life mm -hmm. by the way it is. You know, by <clears throat> I have this quote from a book called The Monk That Saw It's Ferrari. Um, and it says, life is not the destination, it's the journey. So we got to enjoy the journey, the mm -hmm. process, and not focus so much on the destination. Because we're constantly thinking about the destination all the time. Yeah. When we do this, we're going to be happy. When we do this, we're going we're gonna to feel like this. When we do this, we're going to feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And then you achieve it and you're like, wait a second. What happened? I didn't feel it. Mm -hmm. I used to, when I was younger, mm -hmm. I had all these like aspirations of stuff that I wanted to do or how I wanted to be seen by people. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, man, every day that I wake up, I'm just happy to be alive. I'm happy to. I'm happy when I wake up and I feel no pain. You know, because mm -hmm. once you hit 30, you know, these pains be coming out of nowhere, <laughs> unless you do yoga, which that's that's why we brought Luis here so we can kind of get in that yoga kick. But um, yeah, just just being happy that you woke up another day. Because some people they don't they don't wake up the next day sometimes. Yep. You know, and and yeah, I think I've been able to really re rejoice in uh, what today brings the happiness that today can bring, you know, the opportunity that today can bring. And I don't really even think that much about the future, to be honest. I really don't. Yeah. So it's, it's, I like that you're saying that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's why you have to start learning to be more in the present because we so much, we always focus on the future. And that's something that I'm learning. It hasn't been easy. It's been a process to understand all these things that, we don't realize, especially when we're younger, all we think is like, oh, yeah, we have all this life forever. You know, we can do whatever. We're no fear. We don't have any fear. We don't care, you know. But then you start growing up. You start having all these responsibilities, and you start having all these ideas that you have to follow as an adult, mm -hmm. you know, that you forget to enjoy life, mm -hmm. you know. And especially in your 20s. You're in your 20s. You're in college. You want to you know, get to the 
perfect career where you're going to make all this money and then your life is going to be solved. You know, that's I think that was an idea that it was it used to work. I'm not saying that it's, it, it didn't work. You know, mm-hmm. it worked for our parents, probably our grandparents. But for us, the world is changing so much, especially after COVID. Life changed completely for everybody. You know, like right now you have the, I mean, if you don't use your creativity, if you don't show your potential, there's so much you can do outside, you know. And for example, I mean, right now I've been talking to three coaches. Mm -hmm. I never met them in person. I just find them through Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I trust them, their process, you know, talking about very deep information about myself, somebody that I had never met in person, mm-hmm. that is out in another part of the country, that is another part of the world. Like I've been talking to this coach from Barcelona. Mm. He reached out to me through um, Instagram. And I think that idea that we have to follow all these standards as society, you know, I think that's what's making it more difficult to get out of the mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why you need to have, like, a, you know, like, you oh, why you always have to think about, like, your retirement all the time? Mm-hmm. You know, like, why you're not doing it? You do, I mean, you obviously, you need to create a plan in your life, you know? And I think that's what real estate also helps teach me, too. Because back then, I didn't, before real estate, I thought that buying a property, buying your house, will be like a total expense that you're not going to pay it off never. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's not, there's not going to be anything, especially after everybody experienced what we went through in 2008, 2007, that I get to see close friends of my uncles that yeah. they lost their properties, you know. I was afraid of that, you know. But then until you start learning all these things, you know, you realize that it's not, it's more than that. When yeah. did you start focusing on the present, and what changes did you see once you were focusing on the present? Funny thing, I started focusing on the present in 2020. So COVID taught me, uh, I went through a really difficult situation, especially with dealing with anxiety and panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And I was, very, I was embarrassed to talk about it because I was feeling like that will show me being weak. Mm. You were embarrassed, you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, people's going to know that I'm, I have a panic attacks. I have anxiety, you know, like mm. that I'm fearful, you know. And and I, in that time, um, you know, it was difficult for everybody, you know. But the thing is, I wanted to be strong. I wanted to be a superhero. Mm. And I didn't want to show my feelings, mm. my vulnerability, you know, and also that you don't have to be a a superhero all the time. You know, yeah. even superheroes they have weaknesses. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, super uh, Superman. You know, like what's the stone that kryptonite? Kryptonite. You know, I was thinking about crypto, but like I'm not gonna say it right. <laughs> you know, I don't wanna sound like <laughs> the crypto Bitcoin market. Or, you know, like <laughs> you know, but uh, you know those things. You, it's you have to realize that you know even the superheroes they have their weaknesses. Yeah, and we constantly thinking that society is telling us that you have to be strong all the time. You got to hustle. You got to, like, grind. You got to do this. You got to do that. You know, you got to be up here because you're not going to be acceptable to society. Mm-hmm. You're not going to fit in. 
you know but at the end of the day it's like are you fitting because it's you out of, like authentic yourself or are you trying to be someone like the actor that is creating all this idea to be in a play mm. that it's not it's raw yeah when you say that it kind of reminds me about running for office hmm. because i felt like i was an actor I felt because when you run for office, everything's about perception. It's not about reality. It's about who sees you do what. It's about how many how many people see you knock doors or you show up to their door. Mm -hmm. um, and you can mean well, but when you run for office, like you know as a candidate that perception is the most important thing. And if you don't do what's right for people to view you a certain way, then you're not going to get the kind of support that you need. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. One of the first things I talked about whenever I started going into therapy, because um, I'm trying, I'm trying to get back to it. I just started my my first therapy session of the year last last month, and I'm doing a, a few, in, in a few days the second one. Mm -hmm. um, but I talked about how I feel like I still have some sort of PTSD from, from about running for office because even today, whenever I go to events and stuff. I worry too much about perception of how people view me. Mm -hmm. And I also, I, I walk into a room and I, and I might, it might not be visible that I'm looking around the entire room, but I'm doing it discreetly. I'm looking to see who's here, looking to see how people are looking at me, looking at like all these different things that I'm still dealing with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's unfortunate when you find yourself in that kind of situation because it can be really damaging mm -hmm. and it doesn't let you focus on the present. Yep. unfortunately um have you thought about that elena like what how you like what you think about perception in your life um how do you, is that something that you think about like status in society like are you con concerned about your status in society and is that something that uh eats at you like it does to many individuals yes um one in one way it's like education um, one thing that's a big pet peeve is whenever people say, wow, you're actually smart. Wow. And I'm like, well, you know, g yes, you know. Um, and sometimes it's kind of weird. Like maybe I don't present myself or I won't say things and then they'll see me problem solve or something and then they'll make that comment. So um, education definitely is one of them. But also like trying to, I mean, one thing is being more present. I had was talking to someone about it recently and I was like, have you ever noticed that whenever you're angry, you don't pay attention to the world around you? Mm -hmm. One time I was really angry and just like not focused on what I needed to focus on. And then I heard a bird chirp and I was like, the birds have been chirping this entire time. Mm -hmm. And like I was too focused on trying to solve a problem and like focusing on my problems and, you know, getting angry about that. That I was like, I'm not stepping back and, and living in the now, you know, and. I've been learning to take those steps back and look at my problems and be like, they're not problems. Like I need to look at what I'm doing right now and focus on that. But it's hard. And you know, we constantly thinking about why, why that happened to me. You know, like why, why am I going through all this? But it's, it's been a learning to say it's not about why, but why happened. Mm. You know, because it happened for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know. You're running for office, you know. Um, you know, maybe that problem that you were dealing, you know. Like, for me, it took me a while to understand that w why was happening the anxieties and panic attacks. Mm -hmm. Because if you understand anxiety, anxiety is thinking so much in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and depression is thinking in the past. Mm -hmm. So what what's the meaning there? I'm not living. Mm -hmm. I'm living in the future all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly thinking, like, it's like whenever you wake up in the morning and you're already thinking what you're going to eat for dinner. Yeah. But you haven't had breakfast and you haven't had lunch. Bro, I'll be thinking about what I'm going to eat for lunch the day before. I'll be like, I tell him, I'll be asking Mike, I'll be like, hey, what you going to eat for tomorrow for lunch? <laughs> you know, I'm going to stop by Chipotle or, or Canva. But I, I definitely get what you're saying. How, how did you tackle, uh, like, do, do you still, like, live with depression at the moment yourself? Um, no depression, but um, I have some situations where I have some anxiety coming. Mm. Um, funny thing, I'm, I'm actually been dealing with some recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm more conscious about it. Mm. Are you, like, you're not on medication or anything like that? No. Yourself? No. Actually, I stopped the medication. You did? Yes. And, well, you know, I, I've, I've thought about taking medication, but the thing for me is my anxiety only comes to me, only hits me, like, maybe once a month. Mm -hmm. Sometimes twi once every two months. Mm -hmm. So it's not a daily struggle with me. But I definitely, you know, for folks listening that have anxiety, think about taking medication if you want to. Mm -hmm. Like, that's definitely something that we should not shame. Um, yeah. And I've learned about that, you know, because sometimes I would joke on, on, on Twitter about, like, not, not, not wanting to start medication. And, and some people educated me. They were like, hey, like, something as simple as the tweet that you just made can be shaming mm -hmm. uh, for all of us who deal with, like, taking medication on a daily basis. So I've learned not to do that. Um, but how did you deal? How how are you dealing with with medication? I mean, with uh with the anxiety. Um, one thing that I've been learning is to understand my triggers. Mm -hmm. You know, funny thing. Last night, mm. you know, like I was going to sleep, and then suddenly I just couldn't sleep at all. And I was like, "Why am I not sleeping? You know, what's going on?" Um, I started journaling. Um, I did some meditation. I did some breath work. Before, I would have been upset. Mm -hmm. and like, why am I not sleeping? You know, like, mm -hmm. what's going on, you know? And I was feeling all this going on in my body. And I was like, no, no, no. I woke up. I was like, get in the, into a cold shower. Mm -hmm. Wake up. And let's, let's do that. You know? Because sometimes if we think so much on that, it's mental. Mm. You know? And for me, what I have understand about anxiety in my personal is that it's your mind controlling your body instead of you controlling yourself. Mm. Um, and it, it's been a while. I mean, it's been almost three years mm -hmm. in the process. I mean, that's the reason I got into yoga. I've seen you've been hitting the gym a lot too. I've been yes. seeing on your IG. Is that something, is that also a way that you're dealing with anxiety? Like through? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's just anything that I can do for myself, mm -hmm. you know, because this is the thing. We always constantly thinking on the exterior, and we focus and we forgetting about our internal ourselves. Mm. You know, like there's so much chemicals going on in our body that we don't realize that affect us based mm -hmm. on what how we're living every day. You know, yeah. And our environment, you know, like our daily lives. Um, so that's one of the things that I've been learning. You know, to one thing, ask for help. Because I think we sometimes embarrass to say, hey, I'm dealing with this. Yeah. You know, for me, it took me a while. I was like, oh, my gosh. How what do you think that is? 
for you because like i <laughs> i've uh, i don't think i've ever been embarrassed to ask for help and i don't know why i haven't been embarrassed but why do you think that you've been embarrassed like where does that root from like that not wanting to be vulnerable kind of you I know, think, you know like we were talking earlier you know like not being enough mm. you know like have this image that you can do it all yeah trying to be perfect what people's gonna think you know we always constantly think well that i mean on my side you know like i'm thinking you know like oh my gosh like they're gonna think that i'm weak mm. you know that maybe i'm not gonna be able to help them you know but when you learn to be vulnerable actually that gives you more strength mm. and everything that i have learned through all these years like actually I implement in my real estate business. Like I, it helps me to identify how can I help better my clients mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to understand their motivation on why they're purchasing a property, why they're selling a house, what's going on, you know? Because I went through a lot of things right now that have helped me to realize and I have some tools that I can use to provide a better service. Mm-hmm based on my experience because sometimes there's things that I catch and I'm like hmm why do they want to buy a bigger house if they don't make that much money mm-hmm. yeah but if you think about it it's because they want to prove that they are, are enough yeah just the same way like are you talking about like this? just the same way that people buy a big truck mm-hmm. when, when they're like when they're barely making ends meet but like in our culture specifically and I don't know if this is a Mexican thing. It, I, I would say it's a Latino thing, but it can also be a, just a Mexican thing where, like, we want to show our family in our, uh, like, in Mexico, you know, how good we're doing mm-hmm. with that nice new truck, even though we're struggling over here with the bills, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen people do, like, I wasn't raised in that in that uh, atmosphere. Like, my parents were never like that, mm-hmm. but I did see other people do it, and then I would see how they would struggle, and I'd be like, is it really worth it, perception? Like, Yes, your family thinks you're cool, mm-hmm. but like if you're struggling over here and and you can't make ends meet, like it wasn't for me. It was never like to shame them, but I was just like, man, I feel for that person because they're really trying to, you know, prove uh, a point. Yeah, and I guess when when you talk about like not wanting to show weakness, I guess in, it, it's different in in like your life because you're a realtor mm-hmm. and literally your your brand. First of all, you're the representative of your brand. Mm-hmm. Right. So you obviously don't want to post on Facebook about how you're so anxious and like, oh, like uh, I'm just going through it right now because then people are like, uh, I don't know if I want to buy a house from this guy that's going through it, mm-hmm. you know, and they might not even think like that. Mm-hmm. That's just your mind thinking that they're going to think like that. Mm-hmm. But I, the mo- most of them would be like, oh, like he's a human, mm-hmm. you know. He's going through it just like me. Mm-hmm. But I can understand from your perspective, you'd be like, maybe I don't want to ask for help. Maybe I shouldn't tell anybody that I'm going through this mm-hmm. anxiety because I want them to, from, for them to think of me just as a professional mm-hmm. that is the best person to either sell or buy them or, or help them buy a house. Yep. And, and you know, that's another thing that when you mentioned about earlier, people buying the big truck, you know, they're not doing it because they need to. No. They're doing it because they're missing something inside themselves. No. 
and that's one of the things that I've been learning is to when you are empty inside, yeah. no matter what you do, you might be become a CEO, open your own business, make the much money that you want, but if you're not rich deep inside, mm-hmm. you're just gonna be poor. Yeah, inside of yourself, by by looking rich. Mm. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I've been learning is, and I've implemented in my life is to. And I question myself: Do you want to look rich, or you want to feel rich? Mm-hmm. Feel wealthy, feel healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's that's something important to talk about um, because that does happen a lot. Like. I, going back to it, I don't know if this is a Latino thing. It's just something that like I've experienced a lot being in Latino family or, or being in Latino circles. But we just care so much about like what other people think about us. I and, would like, say my parents taught us differently. They would they buy used cars. We don't have any new cars because mm-hmm. they would show us like this is how much it costs to get your plates. You know, your black ass, and then you have to go. And then your car insurance is going to be really expensive because they make us pay all of that. Mm-hmm. Like you want to have a new car, well then you're going to have to you know, really show for it. So that really changed because I've always wanted a new car. You know, I've always wanted the Bluetooth. You know, I don't have <laughs> that GPS, you know. Um, but you then got them expensive like, headphones, Elena. Elena got some really nice expensive <laughs> headphones. She was uh, flexing here a few, a few weeks ago. But, <laughs> but, but I can afford them yeah, because yeah. I'm not paying $400 on a car payment every month, you know. That's true. Um, so, and then same with whenever they were finally able, we're a big family, we're a family of eight and we were living in a three bedroom, um, two bath house for, for a really long time. And, you know, my parents were like, well, you know, we can realistically, like we can buy a bigger house, but it's not gonna be something that maybe we're, we're really gonna want. Like we want you guys to see like what it takes, how much it takes, even if it takes a long time. Like they were able to buy a house once I moved out and I was like, dang, this is a really nice house. Like, why didn't you guys have this whenever I was here? But, um, you know, like, they, they kind of showed us, but some of my tios and tias, like, yeah, you know, they always had really nice things. And we're always like, well, why can't we have nice things like that, too? A nice car and stuff. But they're like, well, look, like, you know, we get to do these trips. We get to do a little bit more mm-hmm. things because we've got this money put aside. You know, we can afford these things. We mm-hmm. don't have to worry about, you know, these other things. So And you got to keep in mind, what's your priorities? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like your parents, you're saying your, your parents, you know, they were not spending money on stuff. But... They were spending on memories, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which that can be also very important. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's gonna be your mindset. You know, like how you pursue things. You know, like how you see things. What you really want in your life. Yeah, and like I was telling you, you know, until I got into real estate, I realized how amazing is to own one property. Mm-hmm. And it's proof that by you, by you getting a property, your first property, that gives you wealth knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you can build your wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do want to tell people that, you know, want to buy a truck. I'm not trying to shame you. <laughs> if, if you want to buy, like, at the end of the day, it's your life. Do what you want to do, mm-hmm. right? We just wanted to talk about <laughs> the importance of perception. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Look, I also have another story. No, I guess do I should I share this story? I should. So I won't name any names. But I, back in the day, one of my sister's friends, um, they were very religious. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in their religion, it was frowned upon to have a TV in your living room. 
like they they didn't have TVs in the living room like their people in their church did not and we would go visit and um, and we'd see the TV in their living room they have it there they'd be watching TV and then some people from their church would come and they had a sliding door where the TV would be hidden underneath like behind the sliding door so the important guests the influential people from their church wouldn't see it mm. and uh, at the end of the day like are you really happy doing that? You know, hiding who you really are, who you truly are, and what you love to do simply to try to please other people. So sometimes it's not even a, a money thing. It's not about the truck. It's not about the the house or or any other or jewelry. It it can be something as simple as like just not wanting to show people who you really are because of society and, and what they're gonna think of you, right? Um, so real estate. Um, you've you've chosen that field. You've been in in for what? How many years now? So I've been in the industry for nine years. Nine years. And licensed realtor is going to be five years. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm I'm just based on what you put on social media. It looks like you love it. You love doing that. You love helping people. I do. I do enjoy helping people. Um, it gives me the opportunity to learn. One of the things that you cannot control things. Mm-hmm. There's so much involved in real estate that that you gotta understand that you cannot control all everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like even though you want to have everything perfect for your clients, it's impossible. You know, and and you have to be open to guide them and keep them the right information for them to make the best decision. Mm. And that's one of the things that I have learned to educate my clients. You know, like when people come to me, I don't I'll tell them, I'm not gonna give you information. I'm gonna educate you mm-hmm. because it's a big decision. It's not a pair of shoes that you're gonna return tomorrow. It's a, it's a property, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And you know, when we were talking about houses, you know, like you say your parents, you were in a house for so long and then your parents bought a house that you're like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful, you know, mom and dad. But when I show houses to clients, I tell them, no matter like if you see the house several times, every single detail, if you don't feel home, it's not the house. Yeah. And I get to see that all the time with clients. You know, like, this is funny, but I kind of count how many houses I have shown to one client Mm-hmm. And right now, I have one that I have shown forty-five houses. Wow! <laughs> how do you have the, how do you have the patience for that? Because um, you know, like I said, it's a process. You know, it's I don't like. Y'all ever just like punch a wall afterwards? After <laughs> <laughs> after you're like after house hey, number twenty, well, <laughs> you're like just buy this house already. Well, Come on! I have, ex- I have experience where I have worked so hard, you know, showing houses, negotiating. And at the end, they're like, "We're not buying." Mm-hmm. And then you find out two months later, they buy with somebody, somebody else. else. Yeah, you know, but. Yes. At the beginning, I was like, why? I did all this work, you know, like, <laughs> what happened? What did I do wrong? Yeah. And this is where we come again. You know, you question yourself, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything. It was their decision. And something that I learned from one of my mentors says, you know, like, move on. Mm. And you know, you can control people. Yeah. And I tell clients it's all the time. When you're purchasing a house, you know, don't run your credit. Don't buy a car. Don't finance a dog because I have experienced that with a client. 
Don't do what? Finance, Finance a dog. A dog. Oh. Like, oh, yeah, you can find one of those yeah, in Petland. I had a client that we were like <laughs> three days before closing. She found out a dog that it wasn't even hers. Wow. And the bank called me. He's like, Luis, is that true? I'm like, what? And they, well, uh, they financed a dog. We were running the credit in D.C. and automatically the night's the loan because it's more debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my client said, yes, I did, but it's not mine. I'm like, but it's in your credit. But it's yours. <laughs> How does student loan debt affect buying a house? Um, student debt, uh, it depending how much you owe or how much student debt you have. Mm-hmm. And also, at the end of the day, like what I told clients, you know, the process is going to be the same for everybody, mm-hmm. you know. But the way we put the puzzle is how it's going to work. You know, like, for example... I have people that they don't have any debt and they cannot qualify for a house because mm-hmm. they don't have any career history. Mm. Like I have one person that I got pre-qualified one time and she has 72 credit cards. Oof. And the bank was like, they were surprised because she was... All active? Yes. Oh, man. But she was she was able to manage all those, those cards. Mm. So it's not necessarily that you have a lot of debt or you have student debt or student loans. You know, it's... It's going to be based on your credit, mm-hmm. for sure. Like I, I told everybody, your credit, it's your um, resume. Yeah. That's people's going to see how you work, you know, how you pay, you know, how responsible you are. Second thing is going to be your debt, how much debt you owe. And then the other part is going to be income, because how you're going to pay. Mm-hmm. So those three things are very important to for the banks to know. If you're going to finance a property, obviously you can buy a cash too. But if you're planning to finance, you know, those are the things that the bank will look at it. In regards to credit, you know, sometimes I have people that are like, Luis, I don't, I pay everything with cash. And I have like customers and clients that they do everything cash. They have never owned a credit card. Mm-hmm. Uh. And I'm like, well, there's ways, you know, there's two types of credit. You know, there's no traditional and traditional. What's traditional? You know, anything that the banks can see through the bureau, credit bureaus. Mm-hmm. You know, and the no traditional, it's like where you have history, for example, with memberships or um, leases, agreements, you know, bank accounts, mm. um, any membership, like, for example, Jim or Netflix. I know this is not sponsored, but, mm. you know, like <laughs> any memberships like that you have for more than 12 months. You know, that helps That you. counts too? Yeah, wow. as, as a non-tradition. Whenever you're cash. Mm-hmm. Yes, because you're paying constantly. So yep. the bank, what they need to see is like your history, how mm-hmm. you're paying. Yeah. Can people still get, I'm going to ask you the most basic, <coughs> generic questions that you ask a realtor just because I know some people might want to know. Can people get a um, a home loan with an ITIN number? Yes. And how does that process look like? Is it different from no, another person? It's the same. You just go to any. Is it is it all banks or just select Some banks? Some banks. Okay. Um, and for the IT number, um, you, I always this give this as an example. It's kind of like you owning your own business. <laughs> so everything is under your name. You know, you've been doing your taxes under your name, and you've been using your tax ID to pay taxes. So that's the way they can work it out. Okay. Um, some banks might require you to have like. Uh, 20, 15, or 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some banks, uh, they might also give you like a fixed rate for 30 years or 15 years. But usually mm-hmm. it's like five to three years mm-hmm. of fixed rate. 
um, because it's a more risk low. Mm. Um, but that's one of the things that, you know, like there's options. Like I was tell anybody that their goal is to acquire a property, you know, I always say, you know, like see your options, you know, like and get informed because unfortunately there's, uh, yes, there's a lot of information, but sometimes that information instead of helping you might actually stopping you for doing it. Why? Because it's overwhelming? Yeah, it can be overwhelming. And also, like, there's different, a lot of ways to do this. Mm. You know, um, as long as you have a plan and you're burnable and open mm-hmm. <laughs> about your history and credit, your finances, because finances, it's very um, scary for some people and can be very shameful sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I have experienced that with... Uh, some clients that they're just afraid to talk about money. Yeah. You know, they're like, mm, well, make this amount, Luis. And then <laughs> they separate the wife and the husband because they don't want to talk about how much the money they make. Oh, like, wow. I experienced that one time and I was like, well, you guys need to, we need to know how much you're making. If mm-hmm. you don't want to talk to me, you can talk to the bank. You know, because I want them to feel comfortable. You know, and like I told them, you know, in this process, we're building a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and you got to feel comfortable to trust me yeah. with that information because sometimes you might not want to share something with the bank or the bank might miss something that I know that it can work. Mm. And for the folks, this is another <laughs> generic question, mm-hmm. um, and I know it, it probably benefits you since you're a, a realtor to say, yeah, this is a good time, but, like, is is this still, like um, – it's is it still a good time to buy a house, Luis? Or is it is this still like is this a time that you recommend? Like, because I know people say that that uh, people are always waiting for a crash. I've been hearing that for the past three years. <laughs> you know, like it's gonna happen. The crash is coming, and it scares me because I bought a I bought a house two years ago. You know, um, but I don't think if based on what I know, mm-hmm. no one knows when a crash is is gonna happen. And not even the experts that are on TV talking about, you know, inflation and all these different things know when it's going to happen. So how do you answer someone when, because I'm pretty sure you get this question all the time, if people should buy a house now, what do you say? One of the things I always say, you know, is, is your decision. You know, I wish I have a crystal ball to tell you exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. But I don't. Mm -hmm. All I can tell you is how the market is right now. You know, which it's changing. Comparing to the last two years, probably when you bought your house, there were um, multiple offer situation. People were offering over asking price. Mm-hmm. They were buying the houses as is. They didn't care because all they cared was the interest rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which that was insane. That mm-hmm. was crazy. <laughs> no, we got. A, I forgot our interest rate, but I know <laughs> it was very low back then, and we weren't even trying to get a house. We were. Myra, was, Myra just said, hey, let's just look to see what's out there mm-hmm. just so we can browse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that happens all the time. And then literally uh, two days later, we were in my best friend's office, who's also a realtor, and we were looking. And we had find that, found that subdivision that was uh, like it literally took two or three days, and we had already were under a contract. And now we were like, what? We're going to get out? We're going to have a house? Yeah. And I think – uh, at that time, I had just started in the new job, so I was we were bar- I was barely catching up on some things, and I was I was concerned, you know. But then 
the house prices went up and they've been going up since and i think our house the last time the last time i ch- I checked zillow which i know it's not a hundred percent right and, and when it comes to like prices and stuff our house has gone up like eighty thousand oh dollars i believe it well we see that's it. what's scary for me i'm i'm young and you know i flex <laughs> <laughs> you're young <laughs> like, but, like northwest arkansas is growing and all these like you know 150 250 000 houses are now like double that you know and it's a scary time for me to think like what am i gonna do to buy a house in the place that i love and you know grown up in you know do you have any advice for us young folks out here um there's no difference between being young and being an adult <laughs> that's one of the things because we think that we have to have everything solved to make the right decision, and it's not true. Um, and another thing about buying a property right now, like I told all the clients, is think about you're going to rent the property no matter where you need to a place to live. Mm-hmm. So either you buy or you rent, you need a place to live. Yep. Rent's still increasing. Mm-hmm. And mortgage as well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What's the difference? One, you're making money. You know, you create an equity. The other one, you're paying it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with renting. That's what I told a lot of people. There's nothing wrong. What I can tell you is by taking action on a plan, if, you, if that's your goal to buy a property, to start investing, there's not the right time. You just have to start it now. Mm-hmm. Because mm. a lot of people think, like, I'm waiting for the crash. I had a, when COVID started, before all these prices started increasing, I had a, I had two clients that they were looking at the price on 140 and 137. Wow. And they were on the contract at the moment when COVID started. And they're like, no, Luis, we're going to wait till the market crash. No, 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 Cause, no. Because, <laughs> you know, we didn't know. I didn't even know. I mean, I was like, okay what's gonna happen you know like everybody mm. i remember like I, w- I was at the office and then one of my colleagues said the market just like the market just fell like it went down mm-hmm. and i was like oh wow what does that mean <laughs> you know because i mean 2008 i was in high school yeah so i didn't think so much about what was going on i know like everybody was so scared you know worry but now we are the adults going through this mm-hmm. you know and sadly, I mean, this client couldn't buy a house. Oof. And we try, but I mean, the the thing is, there was people that were putting more money on getting a house, and he just lose motivation. Yeah. Mm. That's so. That's so tough. <coughs> you know, for me, when I have conversations with my friends or people in general about like how about getting a house, and they tell me I'm waiting for the market to crash. Of course, me as a homeowner. I'm worried about the market crashing because of, you know, everything that we've put into our house, you know, and the value and obviously it's common sense. But I also want them to be able to afford in a house. I just hate that it, that uh, a lot of them are put in this um, situation where they think that waiting for the market to crash is going to be their only way to owning a house. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope I hope that, that prices go down and that they become more affordable. Um, but I definitely don't want not not only just because of our of ourselves, but I don't want other people to lose money also because of a market crashing. You know, like we experienced back in two thousand eight. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, I, I do feel that 
that uh, people should always reach out to a realtor and just see if there is something that they could possibly afford. Um, and hopefully the prices have become more affordable, you know, soon. Or, or see their options, you know, like right now there's options, mm-hmm. you know, like for example, Elena, you want to buy a property, you know, what's the motivation first? Mm-hmm. Having like, more space. Okay. <laughs> okay, you want more space, you know, but you want to look into investment or like a primary home? A primary home. Okay, that's yeah. completely different, mm-hmm. you know primary home what's the budget that you're looking like what's the monthly payment that you're looking mm-hmm. for yeah that's gonna be key okay and then second what options are there for you maybe you have down payment you know maybe you have a 401k mm-hmm. your parents can help you to give a better down payment mm-hmm. so that can help you to lower your payment too mm-hmm. plus right now one of the things that you can do is depending on the loan you can even negotiate to pay PMI, the mortgage insurance, mm-hmm. that's a um, private mortgage insurance, insurance. Yes, that's the insurance that the banks put just as a protection in case you default on payment, and you can pay that upfront. Mm. And sometimes, but because you're doing that, you might reduce a payment for a hundred to hundred and fifty dollars, depending mm-hmm. on the mor- on the on the pay on the price of the house. I did like how you mentioned though uh, that it's okay to rent as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because pe- people probably won't expect that from a realtor to say to say that, right? And sometimes that's the only option you got, mm-hmm. you know, to to be able to. I think everybody wants to own mm-hmm. a house. I think everybody has that goal in mind. But let's be honest. I mean, so, sometimes it's just not you at that moment. You just can't do it, and, and it's okay to do that. I've I, I've had a lot of experience with people that used to shame not only myself but other people. That'd be like, why are you renting? You're just literally throwing money away. And it's like, what do you want me to do if I can't afford mm-hmm. at this moment to put a down payment or my credit's bad? Like, what do you want me to do? You know, and people just are constantly shamed that like they're doing something wrong by by renting. Um, so I, I think it's important that you as a realtor say that, you know, that it's, it's okay for you to yeah. rent if you can't yeah, get a house right now. I mean, I see that sometimes with people that they call me about buying a house. And then we start going through all the numbers. Like I said, they feel embarrassed. And sometimes they just get scared, mm-hmm. you know. But I always say this, you know, anything is possible if you really want it. Mm-hmm. That's a difference. Because, yeah, you can start from renting. But if your goal, you, you know, remember what I said earlier, you have to enjoy the process before enjoying the result. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, they don't want to go through the process, just want to focus on that result. Yeah. Like, I have right now three clients that their goal is to buy a house in August, September, October. We've been talking since December, November. And I told them already, go check your numbers just to see where you're at, what things you need to work, and how much money you have to prepare yourself for you to accomplish the goal. By that time that we get to that time, you're not rushing it. Mm-hmm. And you have time to see options. Huh. And some they listen, you know, even though their goal is not doing that in the future. Right now, they want to do it more, you know, more forward. But some people, they're like, they just want to wait to that moment. Yeah. So that's your decision. You know, like I said, we cannot control what you're going to decide and what to do. 
Yeah. And, and it's tough. You know, I, I know that whenever, <laughs> whenever we got a house, whenever Myra and I got a house, I had just started a new job. So I was barely being able to start saving money. Mm-hmm. And Myra had saved way more money than I had, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and I'm very open about this. Like she put the, the biggest majority of the the down payment. Mm-hmm. I, I covered closing costs and a part of the down payment. But she put in like a like a double digit amount of thousands of dollars for us to have a down payment. And that's because she was able to save, you know, and, and, and I know, you know, people, as I talk to people all the time, sometimes people only got 80 bucks in their, in their checking account. They don't have those mm-hmm. 10,000, $11,000, $12,000 to, to give, you know? Um, so definitely, um, everybody knows where they're at. Everybody should crunch their own numbers and see if they can afford a house at the moment. Um, but Luis, what, what do you think sets you apart from other realtors? Like if you had to tell folks like why they should come to you for your business, for that, for you to sell them a house or help them buy a house, uh, why do you think you're the right person to help people? Would you say? Well, one of the things I always said is, uh, I'm very patient. So the longest I have worked with a client has been three to two years and a half. Mm, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so this process is being patient you know like when I have I have friends that want to become realtors and they ask me like Luis how's the process you know like and that's one of the things I share you gotta be patient you know because this is a big decision for a lot of people you know some people even like people have done it many times still scary for them Mm -hmm. and you gotta be you gotta respect their process Mm. um so that's one of the things I always say, you know, I'm very patient. Um, been here in the area for 15 years. Grew up here in the area, so I know what's going on. I try to stay active and and go to restaurants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I see you. You went, so you go to, you go to Calaveras recently? Yeah. I saw you go mm-hmm. to Calaveras. So you are, you are someone that's kind of ingrained in the culture of northwest arkansas Mm -hmm. and you and just on your social media i just kind of see like you're always promoting everyone and always trying to i I like to give the opportunity for people to know their businesses so they know what they're doing you know to push you know to Mm -hmm. help them do their just help them grow you know i think that's that's one of the things that you gotta give to receive yeah you know and i do that from my heart you Mm -hmm. know one of the things I, i do with clients you know I'm patient, you know, I like to be honest. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. That's, that's what we for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, now, and now you're also doing yoga as well. Mm-hmm. So that probably helps you out with your patience a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have been always very patient. Um, I think now it's more that I enjoy mo- more. Mm. You know, it's like I'm enjoying more the, the time with myself and the process with them. You know, and to understand when there's going to be boundaries mm-hmm. between mm. clients, you know, because I used to, I mean, I like to, I like to let my clients know, you know, hey, I'm not going to answer the phone from this time to this time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing I can do on a, a midnight. Yeah, that's true. Unless you work at that time. I mean, I had a client <laughs> that he had two jobs and the only time I, I was able to talk to him was uh, at 1130 p.m. I think I've seen you post on Instagram where you've gone to like a house showing at like seven or eight. Well, I had a closing at five a.m. 
one oh, time. really? <laughs> the title Jeez. company was able to arrange the closing earlier because one of my clients was need to work at 6 a.m. and and his their work was very strict on having days off uh. or like time off, so that was the only reason we closed that earlier. Dang. Um, but I mean, I work weekends, you know, by appointments. I always work by the appointments, you mm-hmm. know, like I. I like to provide value to my customers, to my clients, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, even with my past clients, I mean, I have, right now I'm working with three of my clients, my first clients, and they already work with me twice and three times. Mm. My first clients. Yeah. So and it kind of uh, shows that, you know, they they trust. Yeah. They've seen your yeah. the full process with you, and they're willing to come back to you because... Mm-hmm. You did a good job with them. Yeah, and I like to build that relationship with them. You know, like I, like I told them at the end of closing, no, because we close already, that means that I'm gonna end the process. Like I have clients like they just call me for random questions. Mm. Luis, I got this letter. Can you explain to me? I'm like, sure, send me a picture. You know, <laughs> like, but keep it in mind, I'm not a lawyer. You know, like mm. I'm not a loan officer. I'm just gonna like translate it for you so you know why you're why you're why you're doing. You know, mm. um, and I just remember, didn't you help my sister buy her house? You did, yes, right? You, yes. <laughs> You're yes. my sister's realtor. I forgot yes. about that. She has a little picture in the front whenever. I think you took a picture of them whenever they uh, closed on the house mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to, I'm very personal with my clients. So I like to make them feel special, you know. Um, they're special to me. Like I said, they're my babies. <laughs> I want to, like, make sure that my babies are okay, <laughs> you know. But um, I, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy it so much. And um, it's been a process. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been easy, you know. I mean, go, you know. Even though, like, when I, I'm out of the, no working, I mean, I'm I'm working. Yeah. You know, because there's always somebody's gonna call me. Yeah, which you, they think that's when boundaries come into play, where you have mm-hmm. to put your your own boundaries. Um, let's talk a little bit about <coughs> yoga. Mm-hmm. You're a certified instructor now. Is it a is it a business for you yet? Are you like are you are people coming to you for yoga at the moment, or are you doing it more like kind of like free events uh, with yoga? How does that work? So with yoga, yes, I got cert- certified for my two hundred hours yoga. That was a year and a half <laughs> oh. uh, that I got my certification, uh, and also I got a certification for body codification. Mm-hmm. It's another practice is to understand um, what you're going through. Or sometimes, like, for example, you might tell me, like, hey, Luis, I've been dealing with this lower back for this amount of time. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you a question, like, how's your love going? How's money going? Mm-hmm. Because our lower back is our our base. Mm. So, you know, like, that has helped me to understand a lot of the things, too. Yeah. Uh, to it's like with chakras? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit with chakras. It's a, actually, that's a technology called um, to understand more about like emotions that you're mm-hmm. holding and that reflects in your body on illnesses or like sickness. Mm. I wonder, you know, I joke around about like being 30 and things going downhill when I hit age 30, but I really don't have any pains, like back pains or anything. And I don't know if that's because of just who I am as a person where I'm not stressed a lot mm-hmm. uh, and I I'm a very positive I'm kind of getting close to, to to what's it called um toxic positivity but I'm not there I'm a little bit underneath <laughs> being toxic 
but I don't have those pains that a lot of people have. Yeah. But I do. W- I would like to start yoga mm-hmm. so I can uh, get a heads up yes. before those pains ever come to me. You know, to to be able to be more flexible. Uh, but at the same, but also just be, my joints be, you know, not have, not be concerned about like in the next few years mm-hmm. having like, uh, like pains in, in places that I've never experienced pain before. Um, we should do like a, like a district three podcast yoga <laughs> session with Luis and film it. I think that'd be fun, right? Yeah. For our 200. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. We should do that. Well, we have you ever done you. yoga before Lena? Um, I think just from like YouTube, like okay. YouTube yogi people and uh, do like yoga there. But sometimes I feel like I'm not doing the positions rights and the stuff. You and, know. And, and that's one of the things, you know, like people think that doing yoga, you got to be all flexible, fit, mm. you know, like you got to look like a specific shape. So you're going to you're going to be perfect in yoga, you know, but it's not like that. You know, yoga is I always say yoga is meditation while you're moving mm-hmm. mm. because you're listening to your body. Yeah. I used to do the P90X yoga. Mm. Uh, my, I, like, I, I felt really <coughs> good when I would do the downward dog and the warrior pose. Those are my mm-hmm. two favorite poses. And I, and I try whenever I wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. I don't do this every day, mm-hmm. but I do try to like do some yoga poses that I learned mm-hmm. just to try to, 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 to start my day on the right foot. Mm-hmm. And I struggle with yoga because I'm not patient when it comes to exercise. I want to do my exercise and be done with it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take a while. So for me, I've struggled in getting into yoga just because I'll be there in a position. I'm like, man, like I have to be in this position for like three minutes, four minutes in order to do it right. Um, what what do you what would you say for folks that have the same kind of mentality that I have? I would say just find your favorite practice. Mm. Like there's all kinds of practice. I mean, there's restorative, you know, there is yin, uh, that's like a ch- um, Asian practice, Chinese, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of yogas have been using it too. So those you stay for like three, you know, two minutes with a lot of breathing in okay. one pose because what it's doing is that it's um, working the muscle tissues. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like the blood is flowing more. And actually when you do that yin uh, practice, it's recommended that you have to drink water because okay. your muscle, just all the tissues, they just open. And Jeez. you gotta hydrate it. Mm-hmm. And we don't think about that all mm-hmm. the time. And then you have a slow flow, which a lot of people think like slow flow is gonna be like, oh, really relax, you know, like, but not necessarily. I mean, it might, it might take longer on the post to do it, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's more to enjoy. Then there's another one called dynamic. And then the hot yoga. So dynamic is more faster. Actually, you can actually count as a workout. Like uh, when I, even when I do it slow flow, like I sweat, mm-hmm. like mm. I sweat a lot. Do you do it every day, like yoga every day? I try to do three to four times a week. And how long do you do it? For an hour. Okay. I wonder and if I have the patience for that, to do a full hour. Is it okay in yoga to do just like 15 minutes? Yeah. Is that all right? So, so I do on YouTube. Yeah. 15 minutes. to 30 yeah. minute yoga. I mean, not necessarily to be an hour, you know, like it's like it's a meditation. If you if you had to recommend three yoga, I don't even know what the correct term is. Yogi, right? No, but oh, I mean like the, like the, the, what would it be like? Like three yoga exercise. 
okay. that you recommend for someone that doesn't have the time to be doing 40 minutes to an hour, just three that they can start off in their day, what would you recommend? Like poses? Well, yeah. one of them I would recommend to do like a sound A or sound B. It's really easy. You know, you just go, um, you do a chaturanga, and then you forward fold, you go halfway left, you know, and you that you do that as soon as you wake up, you're going to wake up. Sun A, Sun B. Okay. And I can send you, or I can, I can share, like, a video or something. I can look for a video how to do Sun A, Sun B. Okie dokie. Those are, those are, like, the essential, um, easy to do uh, from yoga practice. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite poses is yogi squat mm-hmm. or malasana, which is just go all the way to, um, you kind of sit on your hip, on your heels, you drop your hips, and you just bring your hands into a prayer and open up your hips, and that helps you with your back and your uh, digestive system. Okay. And I actually, I posted a lot of that. I think I've seen you do that. Yeah. And my other pose is tree pose. Tree pose is another pose that I really love because it has a lot of balance and mentality there. So I that's one of, I don't know, for some reason I just love that pose. Can can people currently hit you up if they wanted if they wanted to do business with you like yoga wise or is it, how does that work? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm not in a studio. I don't have a business. You know, like I like I said, I do it independently. You know, when people ask me for, I mean, I can I can put a whole class together. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I've been telling people, you know, like if you want to bring your friends together to your house, like a breakfast, I can do that for you. You know, like can come to your house and do the practice if you guys want to do like a donation base okay it's okay you know like um are people able to reach out to you in a, in a like a specific email or something for that i mean they can call me or text me okay. or instagram um I, I have actually my instagram account as a real i i say it's my realtor but personal page too mm-hmm. which is luisito realtor mm-hmm. and then i have another one that i created which it was more focused to towards a little bit of coaching and um, yoga and meditation, mm-hmm. and it's called Luisito Contigo. Okay. Um, so they can reach me to both of them or, you know, Facebook, Luis Martinez. If someone wants to buy a house, where do they, where do they contact they you? They can call me on my same cell phone, 479-790-9549. Okay. Uh, have that number for almost 13 years. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And uh, any email? Uh, they can send me an email through luisrealtornwa at gmail.com. Okay. That's my, my business. And you're currently with, is it uh, EXP uh, Realty Northwest Arkansas branch? Correct. Okay. So, and you um, help people purchase houses. Is it just in Northwest Arkansas at the moment? Yes. So my license is in the whole state of Arkansas, mm-hmm. but the regions that I only focus is what is Washington, Benton County, and um, Madison County. Madison County. Yeah, which is Huntsville area. Okey-dokey. Um, I don't know much about Fort Smith. I know there's been a lot of things changing, but I don't live there. Gotcha. And, uh, in that situation, I always recommend somebody in those regions, even Eureka Springs. Even though I can sell Eureka Springs, I don't know what's going on in Eureka Springs. So I'm honest. I'm honest. You know, yeah, like, that's good that you are. Yeah, because I mean, well, I'm gonna try to do something that I don't even know. And like I tell people all the time, you know, if they if they have questions and I don't know that questions, I will look for the answer. Yeah. Because that's how I learn. Mm. Um. But yeah, 
that's how transparent I am. Okie dokie. Well, if you want to hire uh, Luis for yoga or if you want to purchase or sell a house, hit up Luis Martinez with EXP Realty, the Northwest Arkansas branch. Um, he's giving you his social medias, his email, and his phone number. So reach out to him. Luis, thank you for making the time to be here. We really appreciate you. you and I'm glad we've been able to thank catch you, up man. on the podcast. Uh, and for everybody listening, that was episode 175 of the District 3 podcast. My name is Irvin. This is Elena. Signing off.